in the word of God is such a great privilege. And thank you, God, for your people and those that have gathered before you today. We're looking to you, Spirit of the living God, to feed us with manna from heaven. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I'm going to be talking, starting um, a series of messages that I title, Life-Changing Prayer. Life-Changing Prayer. And uh, today is the introduction about prayer. So important. Today, a lot of people want things done for them. It seems to me that the church has neglected this area and now what the church is doing for the most part, finding all kinds of methods, all kinds of ways to get things done. Whereas the scripture said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, not just to gather in church and worship God, but will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Prayer will help you to turn from your wicked ways. He says, I'll hear from heaven. My people, call on me. I'll hear from heaven. No doubt about it. I'll hear from heaven. I will hear from heaven. I will answer them. I will heal the land. Heal the economy. Heal your family. Heal your finances. Heal everything that concerns you. Heal the land for your sake. Not just for the people of the world. He will heal the land for your sake. Because if you live on earth and we don't pray, whatever is happening in the land will affect us. It will affect us. If you had a child in that school, even as a Christian, what has happened will affect your family. If you had a kid that had visited your home, now you can no longer see the kid because he was killed and your child was spared. It still affects you as a Christian. If my people, conditional, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, prayer is humbling yourself. When you humble yourself, God lifts you up. If my people will humble themselves and pray, I'll hear. I will answer from heaven. You see, prayer is a requirement for living. Life on earth. God created and designed every human being on the earth to pray. That's God's way. If you are going to live on this earth and really understand what living on earth means, you must be a praying being. You got to learn to pray. God designed it this way. If you have not started to pray, you don't know why you're here. You have no knowledge of why God placed you here. Man is a praying being. By God. That's the way God sees it. And if you are not pray, praying, you've missed it all. You missed it. You totally missed it. In Psalm 65 verse 2, the word of God says, and then this is dealing with the psalmist and Jesus and Paul about prayer. The psalmist says, Oh, you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. You see, God is the being, His job is to answer prayer for all flesh. So what He's saying, if you are flesh, you ought to come to the one who answers prayer. And if you've never been, you don't know why you're here. you got to go to Him. Oh, you, that's God who answers prayer. That's who He is. That's the way to describe Him. He is the God who answers prayers. To you all flesh must come. Every being is expected. If you are born into the earth, God is expecting you to show up with your prayer. With your prayer. And if you have not shown up any day, He's been waiting for you. 
When would you come? Because every man ought to pray. Every man ought to pray. Jesus puts it this way. He spoke, actually used the parable to tell us as Christians, you ought to pray. Believe me, you will find yourself when you pray. A lot of Christians are suffering from identity crisis. They are trying to find themselves. They are even on television saying, I'm just trying to find myself. Kenneth Hagin says, switch channel. I'm not going to listen to anyone trying to find themselves. The reason why they are f- trying to find themselves, they haven't been with the presence of God. Because when you appear in His presence, He'll help you find yourself. He'll tell you what He created you to be. Who you are and where you're going and where you're coming from. You don't need to find yourself. He, you know who you are. Jesus puts it in this parable. That man always ought to pray. If you are a human being, not sometime, always you have to pray. This is coming from God who created the universe. Who knows? He's been from of old. He knows everything. He says men ought always to pray. Not sometime, always. Because if you don't pray, you will faint. Lose heart. That word actually means, it, it actually implies that you will fail from winning. You fail. When you lose heart, you fail. When you lose heart, you can't obtain. There is something to obtain from God. He's given us great and precious promises. Every one of you can obtain something from God. And it only comes through prayer. That's why you is to you, O Lord, the one who answers prayers. All flesh must come. Because if you are going to obtain, you need to go to Him. And then you can obtain. Jesus said, men ought always to pray. Not Christians, men. If you are a human being, you ought to pray. And if you have not been praying, you don't understand what living in this earth really means. Maybe you'll find out after you die. But this is the place to pray. I just don't pray because I want to be spiritual. (laughs) I need to pray. Jesus said, we ought to pray. Always. Always. You got to pray. So if you're not praying, you're missing missing out on a lot that God wants to do with you. Look, there is no accident with God. You are special. There is no other being like you that's been on this earth. There's not going to be another person that looks exactly, feels like you, looks like you exactly on this earth again. You are unique. One and alone. Just you alone. You're special to God. He created you with a purpose. He created you with something that you need to accomplish. What he asked you to accomplish is different from mine. But the only place to discover it is in his presence. And it's not a difficult thing to do. It's not a difficult thing to do. You can pray. God will not ask us to pray if we we can't pray. We can pray. Men ought always to pray. Uh, Paul puts it this way. Pray without Seizing. Don't stop praying. I wonder why. We need prayer. It's not punishment to pray. Oh, I got to spend one hour praying. Boy, I got a lot of stuff. You know why you feel that way? Satan doesn't want you to do it. Every time I got to pray, once I get in the room, boy, a lot of things come out that I really need to do. <laughs> why is it it's only that hour... I've been messing up watching television, though, just wasting time. Now it's time to pray. I got all these things I got to do. And my mind is racing. Because the devil wants me out of that room real fast. And then when I get out, I don't get anything done. (laughs) This is just the way life is. There is a devil in the world. He's scared of you. Because he knows that just a, just a few sentences to God can transform your situation. He knows it. He's held you bound for a while. And just a few, ten minutes, he says, I lost him. Did you see? I just lost, I just lost this guy. He's gone from me. What, what am I going to do now? He's scared of you. 
But the only way to get you out is to make sure you don't get in that room and shut yourself in. When I think about what Jesus didn't say in his message, if you pray. He says, when you pray, shut yourself in. Not if you pray. If you're a Christian, it's when you pray. Because you're going to do it. He expects you to do it. He says, do it in secret and I will reward you openly. He said, when you pray in secret, your father who hears in secret. I like to be in secret place with my God. Amen. It's two of us talking about secrets. Amen. About my life. Those things that are hidden about me. He begins to let me know. Those secrets. And when I get out of that room, oh, I got a new bounce. Yeah, I'm going. Amen. Because I've been in the secret place. Where God gives me light. And understanding about life. So I'm not afraid of anything. Not death, nobody, no criticism. Don't care what they think. Gotta go my God's way. I'm with my Father. Paul says, pray without ceasing. Giving in everything, give thanks. The difficult times, when you go, you're giving, you're praying, you're not stopping, you're giving thanks about everything. He says, this is the will of God. It's not just to give thanks, but praying is also the will of God concerning you. Praying and giving thanks. You can't separate the two, amen? Giving thanks is praying and praising God. He says it's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning every one of us. How many have been missing out on the will of God because they don't have a time for thanksgiving before God in worship in prayer as they raise their hands up just by themselves, talking to God and just worshiping, praising Him for everything He's done. And as you talk to God and as you praise Him, His glory shows up. And he's receiving for you, but from, from you. And when you get out, your forehead is going to be shining like Moses's. Amen. Well, can you carry his glory? That's the God we serve. He loves us. He wants to spend time with us. And when you leave his presence, his glory goes with you. And men can see. Boy, you're shining. Where have you been? I've been to the mountaintop. I've been with him. Now I come down with so much power and so much confidence in life. That's why the enemy doesn't want us to pray. I don't like the public thing. I like to do it on my own. It's just, just me. I don't talk much about prayer, but it's since the 80s, I've been praying. Most in the 80s, one hour every day. I woke up early, still a practice. I woke up early to pray. And I don't talk about it because that it doesn't make me feel more spiritual than anybody. I have to do this. Amen. I got to survive. I need this. I got to pray. We ought always to pray. In Ephesians 6 verse 18, this is Paul speaking. He says, praying always. That's the Christian life. You've been struggling and calling the pastor, calling, running from place to place, looking for some anointed person that's going to do some kind of a little prayer for you, and things will change. God said, no, I want you to grow up. You're just like him. You can do it as well. If I build you up, I got, instead of one, I got two. And that's what God wants to do with all of his children. I'm not the pastor that's telling you, look up to me. I believe you can do exactly what I'm doing. I got my place in the house of God, and you got your place. Together, we'll chase the enemy out of town. Get him running. Two. One will chase what? A thousand. Two. I, I, not just the pastor. Pastor plus the whole church. Devil says it's all over. It's night. We got to leave. We got to leave this place. That's what we need to do. Prayer. Prayer. The church is not praying anymore. They're looking for all kinds of means to get things done. And then what you get is not, is, is not going to last. We need to pray. Pray. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And it says being watchful to this end. 
You are praying, you are being watchful to this end. With all perseverance as you pray, you are waiting for the answers. Perseverance and supplication. You are asking God for all saints, praying for everybody. I wonder, you know, as pastor, I, I know I need to pray because... I trust this church. You're praying for me. But uh, sometimes I'm wondering. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to take care of my own life, you know. <laughs> so I need to pray myself. Praying for all sins. And, and Paul says, for me. If I saw Paul, and Paul's talking to me and saying, pray for me, because I need your prayer. As Paul, you mean you want me? To pray for you, Paul? Hey, are you serious, Paul? You need my prayer? Can you imagine that? Paul says, pray for me. I need your prayer. This is the apostle. He says, pray always. But don't pray for all sins. But don't forget me. Don't leave me out. I need it too. That's what Paul was saying. If Paul needed prayer, I do. You do. We need to pray. If we pray, God will do a great work among us. And it's because we are praying. We have to pray. The church is not praying much anymore. You generally, when they come to pray, uh, uh, before long, uh, they are in deep meditation. I mean, snoozing. <laughs> after 30 minutes, for the first 5 minutes, it's home. Wow, wow. And then after 10 minutes... 15 minutes, everything is quiet, and then you hear a little snoring coming from that corner. <laughs> He's in deep meditation. And as soon as I've been in churches where we're praying, for the most part, after a while, people, it's all night, and, 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 and these guys, they're praying real hard, and then everything gets real quiet, and you hear a little snoring a little bit, and, and, and you touch the person, as soon as you touch them, they go, ooh, the bakasha. <laughs> well, I thought I was snowing. What's, what's going on? I thought you were snowing. Ooh, you really need. So you leave them alone, give them five more minutes, the snowing comes right back. <laughs> All right. I laugh, you know, you've been there yourself. I've, I've woken up to pray sometime. And I'm laying there really meditating. Before long, I'm in the third heaven. <laughs> Snoozing real deep. <laughs> it's one hour. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So if I know my flesh is weak, I'm not going to be laying down to pray. I need to be walking around because <laughs> I know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'll be off in a few, few minutes and I'm off. Toward heaven, I'm having revelation. But we need to pray. Paul says, for me also, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So if you're not praying, the gospel is not going out, really. You see how this thing is all connected? He knows what he knows. But he really can't speak out boldly unless the saints are praying for him. That's why prayer is so important. We need to pray. Why must we pray? Why should we pray? Job chapter 14, verse 1. It says, man who is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. If you haven't experienced that, I mean, we, we need to check if you're really alive or you're dead. Because trouble, I, you know, I deal with one trouble, and I pray, I overcome the problem, it's gone. And, and before I have the time to rejoice, another one shows up. And this, is a diff, this trouble has a different shape. He's taller, and I say, what is going on? I thought I just got through with one. How come, when did you, when, when, where were you before now? How come you just showed up? If you've been there, you know, just constant, one trouble after the other. It doesn't cease. It just, that's just life. If you live on the earth, 
born of a woman, there's going to be trouble coming your way. Some of us are in trouble right now based on what's happening. Your marriage was going so well, and all of a sudden something happened, you were not really paying attention, now you got so much trouble, you don't even know what to do. And you're wondering, when, how did this get here? How come I didn't see it? You are, you are happy in the morning, you go to the mailbox, you, pick, you just take one envelope, you open the envelope, and your life has changed because of what's in there. Trouble has come to visit with you. That's just life. If you are born of a woman, God has already told us, our life, the way we live here, we are full of troubles. Troubles will come. So we need to pray. Look at the remedy for it. Psalm 60 verse 11. Give us help from trouble. Who gives help from trouble? Just only God. We are full of trouble and only God can give us help from trouble. For the help of man is useless. In other words, I have tried men, they are not helping me. I need help from you God. You are the one that, that answer prayers. We got to come to you. Give us help. This is a cry of desperation. Give me help, O oh God. The help of man is not helping. He's not doing any good for me. I need help from God. That's what this is all about. And you know the scriptures, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God delivers. The Lord delivers him from, out from every one of them. So the afflictions are going to be there. That's why James says, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptation, they are, it's just part of living. But that doesn't mean those things should run you and destroy your life. They are there to help you. That's why James said, count it all joy. Because God wants to promote you. If you don't go into prayer before God, you'll see it in a different light. And he'll destroy you. But if you see it with God's eyes, he'll take you up. He'll bring promotion to you. Because he'll develop patience in you. And then you'll be perfect, wanting nothing. According to the scriptures. So that's what it is. So there are two reasons. Why we must pray. First, we got trouble. There's trouble in the world. We just heard one. I'm sure the, the people in Connecticut, they didn't wake up that morning thinking they were going to lose their children. If you told them, today you won't have any child. He said, what have you been drinking? They don't believe it. But look, trouble came. Trouble came. And now the children are no more. That's the life we live. What can you do? And it's not only in the United States. It's all over the world. It's happening to people. And the only remedy for it is prayer. Many times I see our Christians, we fight so hard politically. Positioning ourselves. Strategizing. I wonder if the whole church will come together, all churches in the United States, and decide they're going to fast. Don't talk to president. Don't talk to senators. We are going to be above you. To him. We are going to talk to him. Let the, the news come out. The Christians all over the United States are praying. And let's hold that on for a week. And watch what God will do. Our land will be healed. They talk about economy and all of that. You won't know what happened. The president won't even understand what happened. He may take credit for it. But we know where it, how it came. But instead of that, guess what we do? We'll rather talk about men as if man can actually deliver us from trouble. Give us help from trouble. The help of man is useless. Only God can help us. Your children have troubles. You can talk to men. They'll give you advice and they help you. But if real lasting help will come to that situation, you got to go to him. That's the only place to go. Your finances are tough. <laughs> the only place to go. Do what you can. But ultimately, it has to be from Him. Because of trouble. Secondly, all you have is given to you by God. All you have and all you are came from Him. 
John the Baptist says, no man can receive anything except it's given to him from above. That's what he said when they were talking about Jesus and baptism. He says, listen, that's the Son of God. No one can receive anything unless it's been given to him from above. Your good looks are not your own making. Your eloquence, that's not your making. You didn't create yourself. He created you. Everything that comes to you, God released to you. Every good and perfect gift, He came from God. If it's not from God, it's going to cause you real trouble. You wish you never had that thing in your hand. Everything comes from God. Let me read this scripture to you. That's 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7. It says, for who makes you differ from another? Who made you to be different from the other person? And what do you have? That's the question. What do you have that you did not receive? You get the question? Tell me. Who made you, who gave you your good looks, if you got it? And what do you have that you didn't receive? Why did you receive it? It's a very serious question. Everything that you have, your car, your home, you may think, yeah, I worked for it. But guess who gave it to you? It came from him. And if you insult him, he can take it back. He can take it back. He gave everything to Job. Everything vanished. And then he doubled it. That's the God. What do you have that you did not receive? You know what I see from that scripture? Since I know everything that comes to me comes from him, I want to spend more time with him. Amen? So I can get more. All right. If, I, if he doesn't give it, I don't have it. The more I ask him to give to me, and he says he's willing to give, the more I talk to him in the way of giving so I can receive, he gives, I receive. He gives, I receive. He gives, I put it in the corner, come back again, open hands, you have more for me to take, put it here. Right. Give me more. The more you can get from God, the more you have in life. You can even ask for anointing. And God will give to you. The more gluttonous you are in what you want, the more God loves it. Remember Elijah? Elisha? He says, I want a double portion. The guy said, oh my goodness, a double portion. All right, all right, all right. But God will not shrink from it. They give to you. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you. He didn't tell you what to ask. You determine what you want to ask. Ask, but you have to be praying. It shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. No doubt about it. You'll get. Ask, it shall be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, the door, God will open that door for you. And God added, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. No doubt about it. He's not qualified. If you are one, a person, if you ask, you will receive. James said, the reason you don't have is because you are not asking. And you ask in prayer. Don't call the fellow. He's not going to be able to help you much. If he gives to you, by tomorrow be gone. When God gives to you, he stays with you. And no one can take it from you. You don't have to try to please them. Because God gave it to you. So because everything I receive comes from Him, I want to spend more time with Him. I want to talk to Him about what's going on in my life. I want to ask from Him. I want to let Him know I'm pleased with everything that is, And I give Him thanks for all that you've done for me. Thank Him for those things. 
just worship him. Say, God, why are you so good to me? Look at, you've done this for me. Look at how you're treating my children. Look at my wife. See how blessed we are. You're so good. I don't know what the world is saying. They're saying you are not a good God. They don't know what they're talking about. I am proof that God is good. And I just love you, God, because of what you have given to me. Uh, can I come back for more? And God says, yes, son, come back. I'm going to load you. That's why when you go to him in secret, he rewards you openly so people can see how good he is and they want to be in secret with him as well. Amen. That's what this is all about. God's a good God and he's looking for somebody who will open themselves up so he can pour his goodness in there. But you can't do that until you come into his presence and you tell him, I need you, oh God, pour your goodness upon me. Let it fall upon me, baptize me, knock me over and let the world see it. Let your light so shine. Let your light so shine so that the world will see and bless your Father in heaven. It's hard. How could your light shine when, when, when you can't pay your bills and you're in debt? And the, the, the one who is collecting the debt, debt from you knows he's in trouble. And you say, Jesus is with me. He say, yeah, pay your bills. Yes. But when you go into his presence, that's when you begin to learn. And it begins to download into your system, your spirit. The Lord is my shepherd. And because the Lord is my shepherd, there is not going to come a day of want. Because I know how to get to my shepherd. He take care of me. And that confidence only comes to you when you've been in his presence. Just like Moses carried his glory when he's been in his presence, so would you carry that confidence when you leave his presence. And he's going to be with you, directing your life. We need to pray. Prayer is so very vital for the Christian. How long must we pray? For Jesus is one hour. Just for Jesus... It's one hour. I wonder, you know, how many Christians even spend 30 minutes praying a day, a week, 30 minutes, a week. Sometimes for a whole month, they haven't even spent time. They are walking around and just saying things to God, but they haven't really locked themselves in for 30 minutes with Jamaica. And they are going to be with this. How can you get to know him? How can you really get to know him? What you're doing is just being religious. You need to spend time with him. That's why those who are spending time with God, when they speak, it doesn't make sense to those who don't know him. Their words are crazy, too harsh, to whatever they want to say, because you don't know the master. But those who know him, he blesses them, and they want to go on with him. Everything with God is hidden. Everything to him is a mystery. He says to you, he's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. To them it's a parable. And you get to dig deep. Deep calls out to deep. You haven't spent time. How can you know the deep things that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you? How can you ever know them? All you'll be doing is depending on pastor and all of that. He only has but few minutes to talk to you. The Holy Ghost has 24 hours a day to speak to you, to direct your life, to tell you not to worry, to tell you, don't worry, son, daughter, I'm, going, I'm taking care of you. You're okay. Don't worry about what they're saying. He takes spending time with him. He takes spending time with him. I'm telling you the truth. When you have spent that time with him, he requires just one hour. One hour. You remember Jesus was going to the cross? And he says, my soul is sorrowful even unto death. I'm, I'm so sad about what I'm about to go through. This was the son of God. He needed his friends. He needed his friends to pray for him, pray with him this time. Before this time, he had been praying 
by himself. Most time he was alone praying. And he said, we know you're spending so much time praying. Can you teach us how to pray? And he teach them how to pray. But this time he was telling them. He picked three of them. He says, come with me. I, I, my soul is really down. I'm, I'm sorrowful even unto death. I, I need you all to pray. Pray with me. And then he, he, he left them. He went up to pray for some time. And then he came back. They were sleeping. Because they were really tired. There was a lot of oppression on them. Everything that was happening. It was really difficult. And even as difficult as it, as it was with them, Jesus was still expecting one hour. He said, can't you just pray with me, watch with me for just one hour? All I'm asking from you is one hour. Today, Jesus, you want me to stay in that room for one hour? Wow. That's a long time. All he's asking for one hour. You got 24 hours. He's asking for one hour. Just one hour. The least is one hour. One hour. And you want God to do more for you? I don't get religious. If you're around me, I don't talk religious language. We're very plain people. I don't say, well, bow our heads, let's pray now. I don't do those glory to God. But I know where to go. I know where to go to be with my master. To talk to him. It's been since in the 80s. I do that constantly. So God can speak and minister to me. God gives you a gift. Some people, they have one gift and it's okay for them. And they, they just stay in that gift. He has more. Draw to that gift and then go back to him. God, do you have more gift? I got this now, but more? He'll let you have it. Then never get satisfied. Don't ever get satisfied. I used to get very satisfied praying with people to receive the Holy Spirit. I can pray for a hundred people and they'll receive all at once. The demons come out and all of that. And God was telling me, you need to pray for the sick. God can use you. I want to heal, heal people through you. And I said, Lord, please don't go there because I really don't understand that. Leave me alone. Why don't you use them? Or a robot and all of those people. You got all these generals. Use them. Leave me with this Holy Spirit baptism thing. It's, it's really good. But I had, after a while, I, I had to listen to him. Yes, yes. But those things don't come to you unless you are in that secret place yes. with him. Jesus needs just one hour for us to pray. I'm going to close with this because this is a series of message, messages. Uh, where should we go to pray? You know, a, la- a lady in the Orient, uh, because in the Orient... They serve Buddha, and Buddha has an address where they go to the place, the temp, temple to, to worship Buddha. And she got saved and went to pastor. See, this is your Jesus. Where is his address so we can go and worship him? And gets to the pastor says, address for Jesus? What do you mean address? I don't know his address. <laughs> is it up there or down here? Where is Jesus' address? Where we can go and find him. Now, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel were commanded only to come to the house of God to pray. The temple. That's, if you read in Acts, you see Peter and John going into the temple to pray. Remember? And that's the saw by gate beautiful. They were going to pray. They were, they, that was their habit. Either they go to the synagogue or they go to the temple to pray. But mainly the temple to pray. That was the place where God did business with the children of Israel. So for us, we don't have to go to any place to pray. No temple. You are the temple. You are the temple of the living God. You can be anywhere and pray. And God is right there. You are the temple. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to go. I come to church. You don't have to go anywhere. Where you are, that's where God lives. Let me tell you this. Your spirit. The Bible tells us you are the temple of God. Your spirit is the Holy of Holies. That's where the Holy Spirit lives. 
When you receive the Holy Spirit, your spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. That's the Holy of Holies. That's very important. Your mind, that's the holy place. Your body represents the outer court. If you look at the, uh, the temple in Jerusalem, there was the outer court where you have the uh, brazen altar where they sacrifice the animals. And then they have the lever where they, it was like something like a bowl with a mirror where the priest would go and look at himself, clean himself up before going into the holy place to do business in the holy place. And then the high priest into the holy of holies. So the outer court is there, and then the temple, the, the tabernacle itself, divided into two parts, the holy place and the holy of holies, and then there is this thick curtain that separates the holy place from the holy of holies. And the holy of holies, only the high priest is permitted to go in there, and he can't get in there without blood in his hand. If he goes in there, usually they tie a rope around his waist or his leg when he's going in. Because if he didn't behave himself, uh, you have to drag him out dead. With the, everybody looking the other way so they don't look in. That was, but when Jesus died, the veil was torn from top to bottom. Because that's no longer God's temple. You are now the temple of the living God. Where are you to go to pray? That's you. You. You're the temple. That's the place to find God. That's his address. Your home is God's address. That's where he lives. Jesus said, if any man believes in me, I and the Father will come and make our dwelling with him. So everywhere you go, he's there with you. You can go into the Holy of Holies any day you want. And any time you want. That's the place to get all the answers. That's why Ephesians chapter 6 says this to us. God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. According to the power that's at work, where? In us. That's the Holy of Holies. This is the Holy of Holies inside you. Your answer is in there. Right in there. The more you spend time with the Father, you get into the outer court, into the holy place, by yourself, in secret. That's where the secret place is, okay? No one can see it. And you begin to make conversation with Him. Things will change. Things will change. Things will change. We go first to the brazen altar. The Bible says in, uh, in Romans chapter 12, it says to give yourself up to God as a living sacrifice. That's the place where we must pray. What I'm trying to do is this. And I've been working on it, and believe me, it's incredible. Because I find the truth, and I start trying to practice it, and see what's, going to go, what's happening. It is incredible. How many times, you, if you lock a Christian in a place and tell them to pray for one hour, the first ten minutes, he's yelling and screaming, he's speaking all his words, but after ten minutes, all his prayer requests, he's gone through everything. Right? So for the next 40 min, uh, 50 minutes, it's usually very silent, and from time to time, you will hear glory to God. And then long silence, deep meditation, and then glory to God. Because he got nothing more to say. There's nothing to say. I finished everything I got to say. Ten minutes, one hour list. How am I going to do this? The key is to go first into the outer court. Go into the bracing altar as a living sacrifice. And begin to see Jesus. Enter his gates with what? And his court with? So when you go in, you go to the altar where Jesus was crucified. And you begin to transform your mind. Amen? You look at the brazen altar. 
And you begin to speak to Jesus. Thank you, God. Look at what you've done for me. Here on the cross, you're hanging there. I can see you hanging there. For me, you did that for me. You destroyed the devil. Amen? You destroyed the devil for my sake. Thank you for what you did for me. I'm going to stop there because I'm going to expand on this next week. Then you go on the cross again. How he paid for your sins. First, you don't have to deal with the devil. He's paralyzed. There's nothing he can do. Then you go for your sins. And the fact that sin does not have dominion over you. Then you go to the fact that he also became poor, that you might become rich. You're still at the bracing altar, just worshipping. Thanking him for everything that he's done for you. You have a lot of words to say. For me, I'll do that in words, and then I'll speak in tongues, and I'll say, because of this, I'll never suffer this anymore. I'm free. I'm making my confession right before him. But I see myself still at the bracing altar. I go for sickness and disease. He paid the price right up there. And I make my serious confession. I pray in tongues for a while. I thank him for it. I'm very grateful. And then I declare, because of what you've done, I'm not going to have that. No sickness in my body. I don't need to get sick. I need to be okay. I don't care what's going on. I believe God. I'm going to be fine. I'm staying there. And I'm telling you, if you do that every day, and you speak those words, the words of the scriptures, praying to God, praying in tongues, your mind is going to be renewed. You see yourself in a different light. Because you've done it for a year and you don't see that old man anymore. You see yourself the way God sees you right before the cross. The blood of Jesus transforming your life into a new man. Changing your life. Life changing prayer. Amen? Life changing prayer. So we're going to be talking about how to pray. And we're going to come in here on Friday nights, two Fridays in a month, where we spend time practicing. I like to practice, amen? Uh, I was in research. I like to experiment, amen? When I get the truth, I go experimenting. That's just the way it works with me. When I feel like I've got it, I've got to experiment. And usually, God shows up to let me know this is the right thing to do. We're going to be praying in this church, amen? amen. And watch what God's going to be doing. No one will suffer lack. Can God do it for a whole congregation? He did it for all of the children of Israel. Why can't He do it? We're not up to 3 million here. God did it for the whole 3 million people among the children of Israel. No one lacked, even the soles of their feet. Their shoes. Their clothes. God took care of them in the Old Testament. We can do that as a church to the point where no one lacks. And when somebody says, I have this need, the brother says, how much do you need? And when pastor says, we got to do this. Pastor, how much do you need? I'll bring you the check tomorrow. Amen. That's where we're going. Are you going with me? Amen. That's where we're going. Because God can do it. God can do it. But we need to pray. We need to pray. And if we humble ourselves, according to the scriptures, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and they pray, seek his face, he says, and turn from their wicked ways, he says he will hear from heaven. He'll heal this land. He'll heal our church where there's not a single family that's in need. Can I believe that? I'm be- that's what I'm believing God for. I'm really believing God for our family. Yes. This is not a game for me. This is real truth, business for me. I got to live the life for God. And God's going to do it for our church. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. God is good and wants to bless His people. God's not just good for himself, he wants to express his goodness to his people. And God wants to bless your family. Whoever you are today, God wants to bless you. God will meet every need. That concern that you have with regards to your finances, 
If you will listen to the word of God, God will turn that around. God will take, take you as far as you want to go. As far as you want to go. But he asked this, what do you have? Give me what you have and I'll take it. He'll bless it and give it back to you so that your life is blessed. Bow your heads with me this morning. You're here. The first place is to come with Jesus. I made my decision for Jesus 1975. And he's kept me till this very day. And he's been really good to me. He can be that good to you as well. If you're here today and you need me to pray for you, I want to pray for you. If you have not received Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior, Jesus, as you've kept him, Jesus, outside your heart these many years, and he's been wanting to come in, would you open your heart today and say, God, please come in, come in, I welcome you. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, he says he'll come in. Jesus wants to come into your heart today. If that's you today and you need Jesus in your heart, or you started with God some years ago, but now you've wandered away, but you want to come back home. You want to be with Jesus. You really mean business. I want to pray for you. I know God answers my prayers, and God will begin a new work in your life today. If that's you, at the count of three, put your hand quickly, put your hand up quickly, put your hand up quickly, put it back down, and I'll pray for you, and God will hear your prayer and bless you. At the count of three, if you need Jesus in your heart, put your hand up. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Saw your hand up there. Thank you. Just by doing that, God saw your hand and God is already at work in your life right now. Remember what the Bible says. For one soul that returns back to God, there is great joy in the midst of the angels in heaven. So God, heaven is rejoicing today because you put your hand up that you want Jesus in your life. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord, especially those that lifted their hands up. Pray with me and ask Jesus. Until you ask him, he won't come in. Ask him to come into your heart. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Lord, I receive you today into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving Jesus so he'll die for me so that I can be saved. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, need, I just felt this. If you're sick in your body, why don't you come up here? If you're sick in the body and want to get healed, please come up here.